This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. Fights over gender and sexuality teachings in public schools are bringing out some unexpected coalitions. Protests by Muslim and Christian families, among others, from Maryland to Los Angeles, are largely in the interest of defending religious values. Cato's Mustafa Akiol and Neil McCluskey say that the fight and the coalitions offer some lessons. We discuss their framework for a liberated education, meaning more choice, so families can decide for themselves what their kids will learn. From day one of public schooling, the idea that government taxes people, takes everybody's money, and then uses it to establish public schools. So not just say, well, we'll supply money so everyone can get an education, but we will supply the places where that happens. That has always caused culture wars, social conflict about what's taught, because it turns out people have diverse values and they have diverse backgrounds and they often want different things taught and sometimes usually exclusive things taught. And so we've had these battles forever. You mentioned the public schooling battle map, which always has to be mentioned. We started collecting these sorts of conflicts in public schools, just modern, in the 2005-06 school year. We're about to surpass 3,600 conflicts on this map, many of them at the state level, so everybody is pulled in. So we've seen these sorts of battles for a long time. What is new is a lot of this most recent debate has been Progressives saying that conservatives want to impose Christian nationalism or or white nationalism or white supremacy. Conservatives saying, no, we just want our values respected. It doesn't have to do with our race or even necessarily trying to impose our religion. We just want it, we just want it respected and not something imposed on us we don't want. But now the groups are starting to change. It's a more diverse group of people who are fighting back against what they see as kind of, quote-unquote, woke imposition from the schools. And Mustafa, you know, Muslims often culturally conservative, even in the United States where, you know, more liberal Muslims uh, would be viewed broadly as conservative in the United States, at least culturally. Yeah, and Neil is quite right, and the culture war in schools have become quite complicated, and I think one sign of that is Recently, both in Montgomery County, in Maryland, and in also different parts of the United States, we've seen Muslim families standing together with Christian families and maybe other Jewish or other traditions as well to say, we don't want our kids to learn about gender definitions in or about pride parades at kindergarten or, is, or in like elementary school. And uh, that indeed shows that the culture war is getting more complicated. To me, it also shows that American Muslims are being fully American. I mean, they are parts, but they are in this country. They love this country. They want to live here with their values. Many of them say we've come to this country for freedom, for opportunity. But now we are worried about, you know, because I think they have the right to raise their kids, as everybody does, with their values. And this is a new addition. And just like we've been talking about this with Neil for a while, and let's say, well, we said we should make it clear that the solution is more freedom, more freedom and choice in schools. And we put this article together, which we hope will present a framework which will make everybody happier and, and less alarms. Now, Neil, to the extent that school choice is, the, is one clear answer to these inevitable conflicts over public schooling, the kind of coalition 
that you would hope to emerge on behalf of school choice are people who they themselves might disagree on a whole lot of things, but they agree, They we hope, that they all agree that their own individual choices as families ought to be ought to play a much larger role in alleviating, lowering the temperature of these conflicts. Yeah, well, so I would hope everybody, you know, regardless of their overall political stance or their own moral values or social values, would recognize the primacy of liberty and freedom, which is how you respect true diversity, that they would all support that in education. And the ultimate way to do that is school choice. Say that instead of funding government schools, we would attach that money to kids and let families choose among all sorts of private schools that can embrace all sorts of values, all sorts of different ways of teaching, all sorts of approaches to history. And I'm not sure that we see that. And in particular, I think what is interesting is progressives who would tend to say they are especially focused on tolerance of diversity seem to be intolerant of diversity when it comes to education. Certainly, there's a lot of variety among people who call themselves progressives. But what's even kind of new that we're seeing in, for instance, Montgomery, Maryland, and some other places is it used to be parents could at least opt out of things they found unacceptable in the public schools. You could opt out of sex education. You could opt out of readings that impose things you thought were just beyond acceptable based on your religious or other moral values. In Montgomery County, they're saying, no, we can't allow that. We have to make everybody tolerant by forcing these readings on kids. And so while I think everybody should embrace school choice, we're even losing choice to some extent within public schools because some people think the way to get to tolerance is imposition on people who hold views that they don't agree with. And there fundamentally is a problem, exactly. You can't force people to be tolerant of certain behaviors in society. That in itself is intolerant, right? And actually, one of the Muslim representatives who spoke at the Montgomery County School Board, she's a member of the school board, she said, we respect people with different ways of life that certainly includes people with LGBT. But she said tolerance doesn't mean one group abandoning all its beliefs and commitments and adopting the views of another. I think this is interesting for Western Muslims because on the one hand, in, in America, you've seen, for example, Muslims, despite most of them have conservative values, in the past two decades, polls show that they've been supportive by many of them, gay marriage, for example. But they said, we do not necessarily endorse that from our religious tradition, but as civil rights, people have the right to live as they want, and as a minority, we sympathize with that. But when it comes to you have to educate your children in the way we define on this particular issue. They're saying, whoa, 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 no, that is going beyond the line. And I think these issues are going to be important. There are hardliners in the Muslim community who are saying that, you know, you should never integrate into this American society or Western society. They will transform you. They typically point to bands in France on headscarf, for example, saying that, you know, this is this is the West. They don't allow you to practice your religion. So this so-called vogue impositions in America have become another iconic example for Muslim hardliners to use to tell 
normal Muslims saying that, no, no, this society is dangerous. They will never allow you. Their freedom is a lie. And I think that's why it is important to overcome this imposition by first having more choice in public schools, as we argued with Neil. Actually, some of these classes maybe should be based on opt-in, even if you want, or they should be an opt-out option. And of course, there should be more room for school choice, which is what Neil has been working on for a long time. Part of this fight, then, is really over what public schooling, to the extent that people believe in it, what it ought to be, what it ought to accomplish. And there are broadly different opinions about that. And the people who, for lack of a better term, are in control of the public schools are much more likely to have one view than people who do not control public schools. Yeah, I talk about this somewhat in my book, The Fractured Schoolhouse, which came out not too long ago. But there have long been different kind of strands of uh, and schools of thought about why you have public education, why you structure education one way or another. And I don't know that it's ever been the predominant strand, but there's always been a pretty big one that says the function of public education and the mechanism for that is government schools, public schooling is to take people who have diverse views and diverse backgrounds and force them to be what those people with power say are proper Americans, with the proper American attitude. I think we're seeing that in Montgomery County and some other places where they say, well, the proper American attitude is you, you as a very young child, read about all this diverse lifestyles, which your parents may not approve of, but if you're going to be an American, you have to read about it, know about it, and you have to appreciate it and to some extent probably have to approve it. This has been a strand of people for a very long time, and they tend to be people who think, I know what makes a good American. And there's a you know at least a correlation. Somebody who says they know what makes a good American will also be inclined to say, I want to operate the levers that create that good American and the way it's often been done is through public schooling. A lot of that, you know, is you can go back to the very beginning about people from the countryside who weren't as, you know, the proper Americans as somebody elite in Boston would have them be, that Catholics were not proper Americans and that Protestants were, that new immigrants from Eastern Europe were not proper Americans and needed to be taught the right language, the right food, the right way to live. And the most recent manifestation now is that Muslims, or we're seeing Ethiopian Orthodox and other conservative religious groups, they're being told, well, you've really got to conform to this model to be a good American. I think the fundamental issue here is how do you build anything that is public, which will not create impositions on a diverse society, right? Any education will certainly if it is public, we'll raise questions, as as Neil has been saying. But I think also there are different levels of that imposition. I mean, I think most people would agree that if you live in a country, the kid should learn about its constitution, I mean, the history of it, the geography, teaching people about, you know, weather. I mean, that's basic scientific information. That is generally not controversial, and most people are happy to see their kids learning math or science or history, and and there might be some controversial issues there. But when it comes to very moral issues that are very deeply different in, in different cultural groups, you better let what is public out of that. Or if you're going to put in, in there a certain definition, there should be ways to opt out or opt in 
Otherwise, you just create endless cultural conflict. That's why me and Neil believe the choices, the solution to these culture wars is those wars will be there, but getting the government out of it as much as possible and, and minimizing the scope of a moral definition in a public space, especially in a school, so people can have their own moral values without uh, being forced to accept the values of other, other groups. And many other countries are much better at this. Nobody's perfect, but they're better than we are because they had religious conflicts that they really wanted to get out of. So especially many European countries said, hey, we'll let you choose a school that's consistent with your religion. They call it pluralism. We're fans of pluralism. America is supposed to be a pluralist place. And so it's not like it's just a fanciful notion that you could have an education system that lets different worldviews coexist equally. It's done in many other countries. And which means pluralism is not just a matter of pluralism in races or gender or in the way you look, but also pluralism in beliefs and opinions and moral systems and moral values, which is what uh, any society should cherish, I think, to be free and, and peaceful. Mustafa Akiol is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Neil McCluskey directs the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>